Welcome to IP Consultants Podcast. I'm Vincent. And I'm Ian. And today we're going to talk about James Bond. Let's just, let's just not waste any time before we get to what the topic is. That's what it is. So this, this topic is a little near and dear to my heart. For those of you who do not know, yes, my name is Ian, but my last name is Bonds. My family, the last name used to be Bond. And my father named me after Ian Fleming, the creator of James Bond. So I got that going for me with James Bond stuff. Now, I don't have a huge history with the series. I've not read the books. I've seen a handful of the movies, but I know at least a good amount about the character. And supposedly they are working on the 25th James Bond movie. And that's what we're discussing this time. I have also not seen all of the movies. I've seen a bunch of the movies. They were on television when I was a kid. I would watch them with the family. I've seen a bunch of them of the the current James Bond, I've seen the first couple and then I just didn't care to watch anymore. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to disparage people who are fans of James Bond. I'm sure there are people who are completely invested in the current James Bond and past James Bonds or just one of those two things or 10 things or however many boxes you want to separate them into. I don't know. I don't even know how many James Bonds there have been, to be frank. I believe that there have been six. Okay, I will go with that. Although there have been some unofficial Bonds. I did see the old Casino Royale. Which old Casino Royale? The one with Woody Allen or the one where James Bond is American? The movie with Woody Allen and and Peter Sellers. Yeah, the Woody Allen one. Okay, because there was one before all of them that was a TV movie Yeah, for Casino Royale. And that was the very first Bond, and Bond was American in that one. Right. But that one, it counts, but it doesn't count because it was a TV movie, and they don't count that with the canon. They don't count the Woody Allen one, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's more of a parody. It's more of a parody. So there was, obviously, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, George Lazenby was in the middle there at, at one point and Daniel Craig. You skipped Pierce Brosnan. I did skip Pierce Brosnan. You're right. So there has been six. I forgot about Pierce's because the Pierce Brosnan movies were where they stopped adapting the novels or the short stories that Ian Fleming wrote and they started making their own movies for Bond. And then when they went to Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig was sort of a soft reboot. Right. Because his Bond is just starting out. Right. But they still brought over Maggie Smith as M and John Cleese's Q in those. So it was a reboot, but it still brought over actors who played characters in previous movies. And that's interesting because it it implies things about the canon. Yeah. And canon is a really weird thing when you talk about James Bond because it's never completely clear if there is a canon or if the series gets rebooted every time they recast. It's unclear whether there's one James Bond or whether James Bond is a name. Codename. Yeah. That gets given to whoever is Agent 00. 00? 00. Agent 7. 
Agent, whoever's Agent <laughs> 7 at the time. 007. That's important. The double O means they have the license to kill. Right. Other than the license to kill, do we know anything else that comes with the job description for... Uh, the double O status? Or for specifically 007. Is there like a list of traits that are like, if you're going to be 007, th- these are the requirements you must fill. You know, I, I am firmly of the belief that James Bond is a code name that explains away the fact that his face keeps changing. The actor, the person of Bond keeps changing. Yeah, and his age keeps changing as well. And his age keeps changing, yeah. Because, I mean, it's either that or he's a, he's a time lord. <laughs> yeah, either that or he's a time lord, which <laughs> is a theory out there, too. Yeah. Considering... The only thing that throws away the Bond as a codename theory is the George Lazenby movie into the Roger Moore movie that came next. Because George Lazenby, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, gets married. His Bond gets married. And in the following movie that Roger Moore was in, because Lazenby only did the one, in the following movie, he's avenging his wife's death. Do they state that it's the same wife? You see him standing above the grave with the name on it. Okay. Well, maybe that was an undercover mission that gets passed from one James Bond to another. (laughs) That's entirely possible. I mean, that's a simple way to do that. But I think, going back to what I was saying about Daniel Craig real quick, because they did a soft reboot, they also went back to using Ian Fleming books. Right. Casino Royale hadn't been done in the proper Bond canon of the films. So they rebooted with that, which served a twofold purpose. Number one, it is the first Bond book. And number two, it was the first Bond story because they were giving a soft reboot to the character. Quantum of Solace is also a Bond short story, but Skyfall isn't and Spectre isn't. So they started with some Bond stuff that they hadn't done yet, and then they went off and and started doing their own thing. Right. That is not to say that the Bond series has not continued in books either. There have been a couple of authors who have picked up writing James Bond after Ian Fleming passed away, and none of those have been adapted to film, Hmm. at least to the best of my knowledge. I do know that there have been several James Bond books. It's like somebody writing Jason Bourne after Robert Ludlum. There have been several Jason Bourne novels after Robert Ludlum's series written by other authors, but they have not been really adapted to film. Yeah, the same goes for Sherlock Holmes, I believe. Of course, yeah. You know, you have different authors who pick up these legacy characters and pick up the legacy of writing them because it is something that's still within the pop culture, so people still buy books about them. But I think what's interesting about that is that the movie studios have basically ignored any of the novels that came after the original authors and are simply going with, well, this is our universe now in the movies. The movie universe is different. We're creating our own stories. Right. So that's how you get Die Another Day and Tomorrow Never Dies and, you know, all the bizarre, weird Bond movies. There is one Bond movie that is also in canon but out of canon, and that is when Connery came back and did Never Say Never Again. Right, yeah. Because that one was not even the same studio that does the Bond movies, but they had him come back to play Bond, and the reason it's called Never Say Never Again is because he said he would never play Bond again, and they convinced him to. Um, <laughs> But that movie is basically a remake of Thunderball, I think. I don't know. It might be. I honestly don't remember. So there's a huge storied history with James Bond, and they're working on a 25th movie. Now, I'll be perfectly honest, I was not a big fan of Daniel Craig's portrayal of Bond. 
because his portrayal of Bond was so vastly different than the other actors who played Bond. Or in the instance where we're saying it's a code name, where the other spies utilized that code name. I, I didn't care that he was blonde. Nobody cared that he was blonde. I mean, a lot of people were pissed off about it because of the way Bond is described in the books. James Blonde. James Blonde. Yes. So people were initially mad at that. I was kind of more annoyed that they played him more as a bruiser rather than the suave sophisticate. But again, it was a soft reboot. So that kind of made sense in that they're kind of changing who Bond is. Right. So in the movie universe, this brings up interesting points in that because we are not going with the novel version of Bond, because here's the honest thing about it. Much like Arthur Conan Doyle would repeatedly try to kill off Sherlock Holmes in his books because he got tired of writing him, Ian Fleming did the same thing. In the novel of From Russia With Love, Bond dies. The blade comes out of the shoe from the female assassin and gets him right in the chest and he dies. So he kept trying to kill him off in the books and then he would have to bring him back repeatedly because the fans had outcry. They wanted more Bond stories. Of course. So that kind of lends credence to, well, this Bond has got the name, but it's not the same Bond. Right. So having his face change, having his body type change, having him have some memories of what happened to the previous Bond, aka maybe him or not, is kind of explained away through that. And basically, this is me all leading up to an idea that once Daniel Craig steps down, absolutely Idris Elba should do it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I am going in a similar direction. Uh, I don't know that I specifically would say Idris Elba, although I'm open to it. But I think it would be interesting, regardless of who they cast as the new Bond, to specifically address this concept of the multiple Bonds. Oh, no, I absolutely. Yeah. Because I think it's time for the canon to acknowledge the unspoken. Yeah. They've gone a long time without addressing it. And I feel like it's time to start really going, OK, here's what happened. Here's where we are. Here's how we move forward. And I think, may I give like a small beginning of a pitch? Okay, before you, you give your pitch, and uh, and I'll, I'll let you give your pitch, I do want to say that okay. from that initial intro there, that is exactly what I want for Bond 25. I'm calling it Bond 25 because we don't have a title for it yet, but Daniel Craig is filming it supposedly. We haven't gotten much word beyond... Daniel Craig is filming it. Daniel Craig said he had, didn't want to come back for Bond, and yet he's coming back for this. I have not seen Skyfall or Spectre, the last two Bond movies. Me neither. I've been meaning to. I don't know if I've seen Quantum of Solace. I think I've seen parts of Quantum of Solace. I don't think I've seen all of it. But in that regard, I've only seen Casino Royale all the way through. And, you know, while he wasn't my favorite Bond, I did enjoy Daniel Craig's performance, and a lot of people seem to. So I do think for this movie, especially if they want the franchise to move on past 25 episodes, that they absolutely should address that Bond is a codename. Because, yes, it's not a codename in the books, although as many times as they've killed off Bond, it would lend some sort of credence to it. I do think that the movie canon is different than the book canon. Yes, Bond's look has changed. So the movie universe is clearly doing whatever the fuck they want. That's how you get view to a kill from a short story into a full movie. That's how you get Quantum of Solace from a short story into a full movie. That's how you get stories like Die Another Day and 
Spectre as movies because they've never been books. You are building from the characters from the movies. Right. But anyway, that's what I wanted to get off my chest about that. Go ahead with your pitch because I'm interested to hear this. Okay. It's not a full pitch. It's more sort of a way into a a story because as you said, the latest Bond we've seen has been a bit different from previous Bonds. That suggests that they have bent the rules a bit. They probably had some list of job requirements for being specifically Agent 007 James Bond. James Bond has to fit these criteria. Otherwise, we're going to make them, you know, Agent 009 or 002 or whatever. Right. In order to be 007, you have to fit these requirements. So they apparently changed those requirements. They rewrote some of the rules and they went, well, we're going to have to change this. And they made some changes and they ended up hiring someone. And he was more of a bruiser, you said. I would kind of like to see a movie where that went wrong. Changing (laughs) the requirements, changing the characteristics of James Bond led to something going horribly wrong. And Daniel Craig has now gone AWOL. He is going around doing some bad shit. Well, that... That's, from what I understand, the plot of Skyfall. Is it? Like, not that the requirements are going different, but that Bond has gone AWOL. He's not with MI6 anymore. He's gone rogue because of events that happened in Quantum of Solace. Right. Well, okay, so whether he went uh, AWOL, one of the past Bonds is going around murdering other past Bonds, is one idea. Never mind that. (laughs) One of the past Bonds is going around doing some bad shit, some really bad shit, and now they are scrambling to find a new James Bond. They need a new 007 to fill that spot to take down 007. And while they're doing that, they're going, we gotta rewrite this whole document, we gotta find a new, and it's like, we don't have time for that, we just gotta find someone, we just gotta pick some fucking rando who knows what they're doing, Uh, this guy, and they get a guy who might be qualified or might not be qualified, and he's like a wild card, and it's like, oh, this, this is the new 007, and it's like, he fills none of the requirements, what are we gonna do? Or maybe, like, he fills, like, half of the requirements? Some of this, I don't know, and you get this new James Bond, and the new James Bond is like a, basically, rookie, and we get to see the beginning of a James Bond, and creating a James Bond, and this new James Bond has to build himself up into James Bond, and fill the shoes of the role of James Bond. And I think that's a way for the audience to be welcomed into both a more open canon of James Bond, not open in the sense that anything can happen, but open in the sense that it's a canon that tells you what's canon, tells you what's going on behind the scenes, tells you who James Bond is, where this character comes from. And we get to see this James Bond built up from the ground up because every time we've seen James Bond in a movie so far, it's been like James Bond is already a thing. We've never seen this is rookie James Bond, right? No, you have seen rookie James bond and that's been casino royale well i mean like never been on a mission before yeah was that his first mission (laughs) well i mean that was his first mission as 007 that's the thing you get the rank of 007 when you've been in mi6 for a bit and get ranked up to the double o classification i think i you know what i don't remember this but uh here's the thing if we are if we are wrong on any of this shit, please email us at ipconsultantspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Basically, what I want to see, because I don't think I saw this in Casino Royale, is a James Bond who has never been on any mission before. Because, like, all of the agents are dead. Somebody's going around killing all of the double O agents and all of the other agents. All the agents are dead. There's no agents. They have to send a complete newbie. Here's the thing. We've seen that movie, and it's called Johnny Ingram. 
English, and it stars Mr. Bean. Uh, Rowan Atkinson is in that. I haven't seen Johnny English. I've seen Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman's great. Kingsman is kind of a rookie James Bond type of thing. Kind of, yeah. It kind of turns that whole idea on its head. Johnny English is a, obviously, parody movie. Right. Starring Rowan Atkinson. And that is the exact plot oh. of... And it's also the plot of Get Smart. I have seen Get Smart. I have not seen Johnny English. So basically, your pitch is Get Smart and Johnny English, where the schlub agent suddenly turns into the <laughs> master agent. Well, no, I'm I'm not saying they get a schlub. Well, not obviously not the schlub agent. You're saying put somebody in because all the other agents are dead. And that is the cornerstone point of that. What makes them a comedy is they're putting the schlub in the idea. The thing is... What I want to explore is the idea of the License to Kill. I believe there was a movie called License to Kill, right? Yeah, there was. But was it really about... I believe that's a that's a Dalton one. Did it really explore the idea of the License to Kill, or was that just a thing? Uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> this is the one we're coming in kind of underprepared for the both of us, because I haven't seen that one either. Right. The thing is, we didn't have a plan for this week, so we kind of scrambled for one, and we ended up with James Bond. So, so, <laughs> so this episode may be all over the place. We're warning you already into the episode. <laughs> Here's what I'm kind of interested in looking into is the idea of MI6 has this concept of a license to kill. They hand out a license to take lives. And to me, it's like... Who do what? Why would you do that? First of all, (laughs) why would you give anyone a license to kill? That seems like a bad idea. I think the parameters of the license to kill are within the boundaries of the mission. The license to kill is you stop this threat by any means necessary. You have the license to kill the person who's causing the threat. I don't think it means you can kill anyone willy nilly just driving down the street popping caps. The license to kill, it obviously has some of its own preliminary requirements as well, its own stipulations. Well, then we need that explored as well. We need that explained. I definitely need the movie to go into what exactly are the specific rules of the license to kill. How do you get the license to kill? Who do they give the license to kill to? Do they get someone who's been an assassin? Do they get someone who's... Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure we could Wikipedia that. I'm pretty sure that is something that has been established. I'm relatively sure that double O agents are the ones that have the licenses to kill. Meaning that there are agents in MI6 who do not have double O status, who therefore do not have the license to kill. I do think that the stipulations have been laid down in previous films. Not having seen all 24 movies, it's not something that I'm completely, totally cognizant and aware of, but I do think that is something that has been established in the series. Fair. And I'm pretty sure we could Wikipedia that and find that out on our own. We're not quite doing our due diligence in this particular episode here. So... Well, the movie that I want to see that would get me interested in James Bond again is a movie that both establishes clearly within this movie, not just relying on other movies having explained it, but explaining what is the license to kill, who gets the license to kill, why do they get a license to kill, and who do they get if they, if all the people with licenses to kill and all the people they would give a license to kill to have been killed? Who do they get if they absolutely have to find someone to stop the person who has
has the power to stop the person who is going around killing everyone with a license to kill and everyone who is on the short list for people who might get a license to kill. I want a person to be given the license to kill that the MI6 is not sure about where they're going, should we give this person a license to kill? Fuck, we have to because somebody has to kill this motherfucker. So (laughs) that's what I want to see. Again, a lot of that has been explored in Bond parodies and in Casino Royale. Casino Royale, yes, it's not his very first mission, but it's his first mission as a 007. It's his first mission. I don't think he even has the license to kill in Casino Royale yet. So to have him be built up like that, to have it be his first mission, to have him kind of be a little, not bumbling, but a little green for the mission has been done. It is basically because it is a soft reboot, they are making it Bond's first mission and they are making it his you know, the training wheels are on a little bit. So you've kind of got that already been established in the series. But not in a crisis. Yeah, well, any double O mission is a crisis. Yeah, they're not they're not going off capping all the other double O agents, but they are going and trying to stop some sort of terrorist activity and trying to do it as calm and coolly as the MI6 British agents seem to do, as is their obviously reestablished style. A lot of the things that you're describing kind of have been done, and I'd like to see more of a fresher take for it. I'm trying also to see if the license to kill has been established. I'm only finding things on the book. Because <laughs> when I say a new agent, I don't mean just someone who is green. I mean someone they don't know if they can trust. I need that a specific sense of tension between James Bond and MI6, and I need a sense of, is this guy gonna actually be able to do this? or not and is this guy ready to kill is is this guy maybe someone who wants to kill like what kind of person have we got here i don't know if i want a person who i'm not sure if they're ready to kill or i don't or if it's going to be someone who enjoys killing and might be the specifically the wrong person to give a license to kill to because i want that explored from some angle and i'm not sure which and i know i haven't seen it yeah i'm sorry i was trying to read a little bit more on the character on wikipedia and not really finding any ground so yeah okay so that idea at least i'll I'll agree with that idea there is some well-established ideas within it but having the completely green agent doesn't really work within the confines of what they've already established because not knowing if they can trust him or not that's a thing they've said about bond in in Casino Royale. Yeah, M wasn't sure she could give Bond the double O status and the license to kill because he kind of went rogue. He was a bruiser. He didn't quite follow protocol the way that other double O agents did. So there's a lot of ground that is seemingly being retread with this. I think, how about this? Because I'll have a, a, a semblance of an idea here. Okay. I think the idea of someone offing the double O agents is a good baseline to go with. Yes, it is the plot of Get Smart and Johnny English, but I think having that kind of be the baseline is decent. You had mentioned one thing about, you had said a 007 is killing off the other 00s. Yeah. So it's another James Bond killing off. Yeah, one of the earlier Bonds. George Lazenby. Timothy Dalton is great. Connery's retired from acting, but I would say bringing him back for this would be ideal. Well, yeah, I specifically didn't mention him because he's retired. I figured because the actor is retired, the character is dead. It appears that only Connery has fully retired. Right, but Roger Moore is dead. He died two years ago. May 23rd, 2017. Aged 89. 
So Roger Moore passed away, but Lazenby is still alive, Connery is still alive, but long retired. Pierce Brosnan is obviously still alive, Timothy Dalton is obviously still alive, Daniel Craig is obviously still alive. Right, so one of them is going around killing double O agents and also other agents of the MI6 and just emptying out the the whole organization. A lot of what you're saying is, especially with the former Bond, it makes it seem like you could almost bring all of them back and do a Doctor who christmas special but with bonds uh (laughs) well yeah as many as you can get yeah (laughs) that's kind of the fun of it that's how you address the canon you go okay yeah this bond is around hunting bonds and now the new bond has to go and find one of the retired bonds and go hey there's a bond after you trying to kill you we gotta stop this bond hi i'm james bond who are you oh i'm james bond (laughs) oh jesus let's take down james bond who's taking down (laughs) james bonds Too many bonds. Too many bonds. Uh, I don't 100% hate that idea. Uh, I'm only about 50% on board with it, though. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying with opening up the canon and getting into there is a history here. Let's treat this like it's stuff that happened in some regard. And yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that, that there's history there and there's a way to do that. I think it could be done a lot simpler rather than just having it be, you know, killing off all the double O agents and the bonds. Have the movie start out with your Daniel Craig James Bond and have something in that mission. Isn't he talking about leaving? Isn't he like super tired of playing James Bond? He is talking about leaving. That's what I brought up earlier is that somehow they convinced him to do this movie, the new one coming out, the 25th James Bond movie because he had said that he was done with the character and yet they brought him back. Supposedly, the rumor is that they're bringing him back for this one and in my idea, at least, you start the movie with Daniel Craig's Bond but and an unseen assassin kills him. And so we bring in, we have to bring in a new Bond. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been saying. <laughs> but this happens in the opening of the movie. Yes, but not, I'm, I'm not saying let's have him be his first mission. Let's promote somebody from the ranks. But we have promoted someone from the ranks in Casino Royale. You just said that. We've seen that movie, right? Yes, I'm saying, but let's kill Bond on screen. Okay. Is what I'm saying. And I, yes, I know you're saying that with yours too, but I'm saying all the promotional aspects of this movie think that Daniel Craig is going to be the Bond in this movie. And I say, let's kill him on screen in the opening of the flick. Okay. So it's already shaken up that Bond is dead. But suddenly, here's someone else who's introducing themselves as James Bond that we've never seen before. Yes, this is elements of what you're saying, but I think the way that it was described was a little more chaotic than a lot of Bond movies are. (laughs) Well, I wasn't describing it in terms of scene for scene. I was just piling on ideas. Yeah. I think if we take that idea and focus it a little bit in the example of, yes, here's another new Bond, I don't think maybe, yes, his first mission, much like Casino Royale was, but in this one, his first mission is, yes, who's been offing the other double O agents? You're a guy when nobody's seen before. And then in the end, we find out it's just one of the previous Bonds rather than a whole bunch of Bonds. Let's just have it be one. Okay. Well, we don't have to show all the other Bonds either. We could have during the course of the movie, they could be talking about they've been killing the double O agents and past double O agents without addressing who those double O agents are. Yeah. Or we could describe them by names, but give them their retired names, not the James Bond names. Yes. We call them by other names and go, yeah, they killed this agent whose name is blah, blah, blah. And they killed this agent whose name is blah, blah, blah. And toward the end of the movie, we get to see pictures of all the dead agents. And it's like, it's James Bond and it's James Bond. Here's a picture of Timothy Dalton, but his name is not James Bond. It's like, it's, you could just name them after PAs and grips and stuff. Just have them be the names of 
people who work on the production. Everyone was a Bond. Having it be more of a mystery and having it eventually end up being, say, Timothy Dalton or Brosnan. Oh, I have a slight idea. Okay. Because of the situation that they're in and perhaps that things haven't worked out with the past, they've had to revisit what the document of requirements for the 007 agent is and they're now giving it to a woman. Yeah. Still James. You know, that's not a terrible idea. I like that. That could work and have it shit. <laughs> have Money Penny be be promoted to the rank of James Bond. Uh <laughs> Money Penny's not a field agent. I I know. <laughs> but uh that was an idea. It, you know, again, a lot of spitballing here. Here's a thing kind of going off topic slightly. Let's see a movie of James Bond Jr. That's an idea. Do you remember James Bond Jr.? I remember the theme song. It was a great show. And here's the thing. He's not James Bond's son. He's called James Bond Jr., but he's his nephew. Right. And we don't know which Bond either <laughs> because the cartoon show didn't really establish that. And got his job from his uncle James. Now he's heir to the name. So he's heir to the name, which might be, hey, he's related to one of the guys who played Bond, but he's heir to the code name. That's entirely possible. It's his uncle James. That's what they say. Yeah. But the thing is, James Bond Jr., conceptually, that is pretty much literally Kingsman. <laughs> Except it's not his uncle, it's his dad, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Kingsman is pretty much James Bond Jr. the movie. But yeah, sure. James Bond Jr., do it. Doesn't he wear like a letter jacket? His design is very similar to that of Captain N. So... <laughs> yeah. I see them both kind of running in my head and maybe... Maybe James Bond Jr. wore a Letterman jacket. That's entirely possible. Or maybe it was a flight jacket or something. I don't know. I think it might be a flight jacket. I think it's more of a leather jacket. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a brown thing. Yeah. So yeah, James Bond Jr. That's a thing. Uh, who were the villains in that? Oh, I'm pretty sure Jaws was one of the villains. I think Odd Job may have been in it. Q is called IQ. Yep. Let's see there. Scum Lord, Jaws, Knickknack, Doctor Deranged, Skullcap, Captain Walker D. Plank. And Goldie Finger. Yeah, so th there's a there's a lot of craziness with a lot of the characters. Odd Job wore a gold chain and weird shades. <laughs> so yeah, Odd Job was in it, Jaws was in it. Doctor No is a green person. Yeah, Doctor No looked like the Mandarin from <laughs> the Iron Man comics. So they made a video game and the video game was called Young Bond, but it was based on the James Bond Jr. license. It was on <laughs> Amiga, Atari, Commodore 64, DOS, NES, and Super NES. Oh, and the ZX Spectrum. So who would you cast as James Bond Jr.? Tom Holland? Oh yeah, 100% Tom Holland. Let him use his real voice. It's always a British actor as the Bonds. But let's go cross-platform here. Let's get James Pond. Let's get a movie for James Pond made. The Sega Genesis video game where James Bond is a fish. <laughs> let's let's get the license for that and turn that into a movie because that's something that needs to be done. Again, this is just me rambling pathetically and at bizarre stuff because apparently that's now my MO. Does anyone own the rights to James Pond currently? I mean, I think the last James Pond game there was, it was on Sega Genesis and it was on Sega Game Gear. There may have been a Game Boy version much later on. I don't recall. Apparently it was developed by Millennium Interactive. Is that still a thing? Not that I've heard of. And it was published by Electronic Arts. Well, yeah. They're still around, but... EA is still around. They wouldn't own the character, I think. They would just own the publishing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Rights are complicated. But yeah, sure. <laughs> why not a James Pond movie for the kids? 
you know, for kids. Yeah, it's a spy fish with a gun. It's a spy fish. Here's the thing, though. The James Bond idea of the suave, sophisticated spy has been done to the point where it's enough of a template that there's been a lot of parody of it now. Yeah. Kingsman has taken the idea and turned it on its head, going so far as to say, we are not James Bond. We are what James Bond would be if he was modern day, even though there are modern day James Bond things. You've got parodies like Johnny English. They did three Johnny English movies. The third one just came out recently and is now on home video and whatnot. And then you've got Austin Powers. Austin Powers, which had three movies. And I think there's one supposedly in the works. They've been talking about working on a fourth Austin Powers movie for years. Yeah, but now they're talking about actually doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is slightly different than talking about maybe doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's this animated movie coming out with Will Smith as a suave James Bondish spy that also features the voice of Tom Holland that they turn the spy into a pigeon. I can't remember what the name of that movie is. This is the first I've heard of this. A pigeon bond? Uh, yeah. It's an animated movie coming out later this year, and it is called Spies in Disguise. Mm, that's, well, it certainly rhymes. And the spy that Will Smith plays is called Lance Sterling. Of course. In the trailer, he's super suave. In the tux, which is another very Bond thing, is the tuxedo. And very capable, suave, sophisticated guy in the sharp suit as a sharpshooter and gets turned into a bird. And so he's disguised as a pigeon now. And he must rely on his nerdy tech officer to save the world. And the nerdy tech officer is played by Tom Holland. Karen Gillian is in it. Rashida Jones. (laughs) DJ Khaled is in it. (laughs) So yeah, it's another kind of here, let's take the Bond idea and turn it on its head. And there's enough of established ideas from the Bond movies and books. There were, I think, originally 16 books or 12, something like that, and turned it into... 24, almost 25 movies now. Is that something that is really... I guess what I'm basically trying to say is the idea of Bond and the super spy has been done in so much media. What do we do with the new Bond movie that makes it new? That makes it worth coming to see again? Because we've seen it. Well, I would say... So many other times and so many other formats and in parodies so much that the whole idea of Bond as a spy needs to be changed, especially when the Bourne movies are a thing where you have that different version of a spy where it's more of a sleeper cell and you have Mission Impossible and you've got the Mission Impossible movies where you've got a spy and you're following Ethan Hunt and his different spy missions and those movies are so much bigger than the suave dude in a tuxedo who tells everyone his code name uh, <laughs> right and you've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where you have a world of superheroes and spies. Yes. So there needs to be something done with Bond to make it fresh and make it stand out again because it is no longer where the bar was set high. Right. And that's everything else that's come after it has has kind of improved on the idea of that. What can we do to improve on the idea and make Bond a better thing? Well, I think that's where acknowledging canon comes in because Bond has such a history and it 
it's a vast mythology that hasn't yet been connected. So it's all these little things that are just sort of hanging in a closet somewhere and they're just sort of going, oh, let's just do another story. And it's all just standalone stories and it's becoming less and less sustainable because it's just, oh, here's a story and here's a story and here's a story. And we're not getting any connection to that history. So the name James Bond is starting to almost lose its meaning. We're just going, James Bond, James Bond, Barry Fern, 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 Fern. And then it's just sauce. So that's why I think doing the thing where you open the movie with Daniel Craig in the opening scene and he gets killed. And then you go to MI6 is in crisis mode and they're like, oh shit, we're going to need a new James Bond. And you get a new James Bond and you really show how you make a James Bond. And I think that's what's going to set it apart from any other spy franchise because we've seen other spy franchises show us how you make a spy but James Bond hasn't shown us how you make the spy and I think that's the thing that we need to see I think we need to see a real origin story I think we need to see maybe even well the reason why I want to see someone who isn't an agent become a double O agent maybe not instantly maybe over the course of the movie is because that would be building that character from the ground up as opposed to going here's a field agent now they're a slightly promoted field agent. I feel like that's a relatively small step compared to here's a criminal, now they're a field agent. Or here's, a, a, I don't know, cop who becomes a field agent. Here's a person they just pluck out of the military. Like, we need to see... So here's the idea then. The guy who's replacing Bond after he's killed in the opening... Or woman. ...isn't a 007. He, you're, you're saying have him be a field agent first before becoming a 00 agent. And that's probably... or him. Or her, you're right, have them become a field agent before becoming a double O. And at the end of the movie, that's when the double O seven comes up. Because by the time the movie is wrapped up, they've achieved enough experience and credence to be promoted. So we don't promote them through this. We have a regular agent, a non-double O agent, trying to solve what's happening to the double O agents. And by the end of the movie, that's when the credits come up with the title and the double O seven, meaning that the agent we've been watching hasn't been a double O. They are now a double O after this movie. Right. And I think that's a great idea. I think let's not make them a double O at all in this new movie. Bond dies in the opening of this. This agent who is trying to solve what's happening to the double O's may not even be called James Bond. And then at the end of the movie, they're given the name and rank of James Bond 007. Yeah. Yeah at the very end of the movie. Well, I think that happens around the same moment where you reveal that the people who have been killed were all the old James Bonds. Yeah. Because I think that you show that in a montage thing while M is talking and you show on the screen, this is the person who was killed and it's Sean Connery and this person, George Lazenby killed and Roger Moore killed. You show who got killed. Maybe just for the sake of respecting Roger Moore, Roger Moore wasn't killed. Roger Moore is hiding somewhere. Yeah. But you show who all the James Bonds were, and now you go, yeah, you're James Bond, and that's the end of the movie, and you go, ba-da-da-da, Da, da, da. And that's when you show that intro. But at the beginning of the movie, you do show the specific movie intro where you have whatever the animations are and there's a song and all that stuff like you have in all the James Bond movies. You have a big belter of a song at the beginning, but then at the end you go ba-da, ba-da, and you have that theme and you show the new James Bond walking across the screen and stopping and pointing the gun and you show that intro with the new James Bond Yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's definitely a step in the right direction for that. Yeah, and 
the title of it would have to be something along the lines of You Only Live Twice or something acknowledging the end and something that to the audience when they first hear it doesn't mean anything and when they start watching after the first scene they go this is the end of James Bond and then at the end of the movie they realize no this is the beginning of a new James Bond. Yeah. Nothing Lasts Forever which unfortunately is the title of the book for Die Hard but Nothing Lasts Forever probably would be a really good James Bond title. Something like that, yeah. Not necessarily that, because it's Die Hard, <laughs> but yeah. It, that doesn't mean they can't call it that. <laughs> well, they might get sued for calling it that. Possibly. There have been many things that are called something that also applies to another thing that's in another media form. There's a movie called Uncharted. It's a horror movie that has nothing to do with the video game. Right, and there's two movies called Frozen. One's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> one's a Disney movie. There's two movies called Jack Frost. One's a horror movie and one's a kid's movie. Right, yeah. So, yes, there might be some confusion, but the majority of the movie going public will not give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Fans of the book might give a shit and be angry. They might. And be like, I'm going to boycott this movie because they stole this title from my favorite book. <laughs> if that's your favorite book, you know, admittedly, as much as I love Die Hard, I'm sorry if that's your favorite book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, some people haven't read that many books. Yeah, that's true. So, you have a title, something like Nothing Lasts Forever. Something that alludes to the idea of there's going to be some change in this movie. Yeah. So that people go in watching it and they go, okay, this is going to be a Daniel Craig movie. Daniel Craig comes out and he gets killed and you go, oh shit, this is the movie about the death of James Bond. And then we get to see like the investigation of the murder of James Bond. And it's like James Bond is dead along with all these other agents and also past agents whom we don't see or we, we hear them by name, but they're names aren't James Bond and then at the end we reveal that the people whose names we've heard were the past James Bonds and we tie it all together and go this is the new James Bond deal with it absolutely I'm on board with that so yeah so that's <laughs> that's the pitch man I think that's that's really the way to go with this series now will they do it Probably not, but they should. Yeah, that should be the next one after the current one that they're working on. Yeah, because we want what I think ultimately would work for this series is, as you said, paying attention to the canon. And by canon, we mean the fact that Bond has changed. Every Bond that you see is not the same Bond that you saw before. Right. And making that actually grounded in the films, making that actually canon, making that actually Bond is a code name, because we've got all the points that point toward that, let's actually make it a thing because it's really the only thing to make sense and the greatest way to make the movies fresh, I think. Yeah. So that might be it. And this might be kind of a short episode. It might be, uh, unless we think of something ridiculous. But I mean, we've already talked about James Bond Jr. Uh, I, I already went to the ridiculous with James Bond Jr. and James Pond. And honestly, those ridiculous aren't even ridiculous enough. Yeah. Can we think of something more ridiculous? I mean, uh, obviously, because of all the parodies there have been, I think the ridiculousness has already happened. Oh, I think maybe... Yeah, with the parodies, the ridiculousness has happened, but I just got an idea in my head, kind of based on something that we said, we do a ridiculous version of the thing we just pitched, and that's where it's the Doctor Who special with all the Doctors. Let's get all of the Bonds and call it War Bonds, and just... <laughs> And just have all the Bonds versus each other. And just have just a giant shootout like Free Fire. Just just everybody trying to kill each other. And it's just all of these Bonds who are very smart and very stealthy and very suave trying to kill 
all the other bonds and be the last bond standing and call it war bonds. Okay, so let's break down war bonds. So it begins the same way. You have Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig gets killed, and now MI6 is in chaos, and they're like, oh shit, yes, we're gonna need to do something. And then... Yeah, and, and we find out right away in the beginning that it was a bond that killed Bond. Yeah. So all the other bonds are brought out of retirement, <laughs> the ones that are still alive, and sent to take down the one, and they all think that the other ones <laughs> are the ones that are the main murderer. <laughs> and they turn on each other, and they're like, oh, no, you're the one. No, I... They turn on each other. Because they all get taken in, and they go, no, we don't get to see who the killer is at the beginning. All of the past bonds that we can find come in, and then it turns out Roger Moore is the killer. We don't get to see him. We never get to see Roger Moore, because obviously he's dead, and we're not going to CGI him. But Roger Moore is the killer. He's the one who's been killing all the bonds. <laughs> Because at the beginning, we state we state that the Roger Moore James Bond, he's dead, so it can't be him. Yeah. But then it turns out, no, he faked his own death. Because that's an established thing as well. James Bond fakes his own death. Yeah. I was always of the belief that Roger Moore, in his first movie, which came after the Lazenby one, was not just avenging the wife that died, but also avenging the previous Bond because he died. Because honestly, if the wife died, Lazenby would have been the one to go after it. But obviously, he only wanted to do the one movie. But I think Lazenby should be the one that everybody he thinks is dead and come alive, but obviously we do it with Roger Moore because he's the one who's actually dead IRL. But that was always my theory behind that as far as the codename thing. Well, if that's the can, let's stick to that. And you go, okay, Roger Moore is gone, but all of the James Bonds are now hunting for someone who's killing James Bonds. And then a clue points to it's one of them. So now you have all of the James Bonds turning on each other internally because there's a traitor among them and they don't know which one it is. So now they have to figure it out. Yeah. And there's a big war between all of the Bonds. So, yeah, so they bring in Connery, they bring in Pierce Brosnan, they bring in Timothy Dalton. They only bring in three Bonds. And so the ones that are left that they don't bring in are Roger Moore, because they can't, and George Lazenby. So they go through thinking each of the ones that they did bring in thinks that the other one is the traitor, and it turns out to be Lazenby, who they didn't bring in. Right. Because Lazenby's character is thought to be dead anyway. Oh, yeah, because he died, of course. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Which one did he die in? Well, Lazenby only did one Bond movie. He did On Her Majesty's Secret Service. They did a Lazenby movie and then followed it with Diamonds Are Forever, which was another Connery movie. Hmm. And then the first Roger Moore one was Live and Let Die in 73. <laughs> when Bond Roger Moore investigates the murders of three fellow agents, he finds himself a target, evading vicious assassins. <laughs> so the thing that we've been pitching might be a thing that had already happened in Bond. Yeah, and I don't see which one says that, you know, they're avenging the death of the wife because he gets married in, in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, I'm fairly certain. But it, yeah, Tracy Bond. I, I, I just had another thought that I don't know exactly where it goes. Okay. But you know Ian Fleming? Yeah. You know what he also wrote? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we do a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang crossover with James Bond. <laughs> and it turns out Dick Van Dyke is a Bond. Um... <laughs> Maybe maybe Dick Van Dyke, armed with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is an experimental weapon, is going around killing the James Bonds. Yes. For a bit, we think that it's George Lazenby, or is it Lazenby, going around killing the James Bonds, but then it turns out, no, it's not. It's Dick Van Dyke. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> 
he's basically Q. Didn't he build the car? Caractacus Potts? Is that right? Is that how you pronounce that? <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, so Caractacus Potts is the one who's going around killing the James Bonds. That's the big twist. He's a Donald his luck inventor that turns his broken down Grand Prix car into a fancy vehicle for his children. So Caractacus Potts is the real name of the original Q who makes all the James Bond gadgets. And it's not a Bond that's killing everyone. It's the original Q, which was Caractacus Potts, which was Dick Van Dyke. Well, that, that slightly breaks away from the whole uh, recasting is same character thing. Unless he was before the other Q. Yeah, he's before all the Qs. The Qs that we see in the Bond movies. Okay. Because Dick Van Dyke never played Q. Right. It was always Desmond Llewellyn. So yeah, he was Q in the original movies, but Caractacus Potts could have been the original Q. Uh, And they think it's a Bond that's killed the other Bonds because he uses gadgets that Bond had because he invented them. Right. Or here's another little (laughs) angle is it's his kids, the Potts kids. The Potts children. Yes. They could be the killers. That's also a possibility because they had a weird childhood. There's a lot of theories going on here. Yes. Because they were traumatized by the, uh, what, the toy maker, Benny Hill. <laughs> the child catcher is who I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember much of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Or maybe the child catcher is the fucking villain, because that is a scary ass villain. <laughs> Or somebody who was caught by the child catcher and became the new child catcher. Yeah, because that happens a lot, too. A lot of a lot of Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. The, the only way to survive the child catcher is to become him. Yeah, that, that happens in the Saw movies. You know, doesn't that the one character, the one girl who was kidnapped became a disciple of, of Jigsaw? And yeah. And it happens in Firefly as well, where if you survive the Reavers, you basically become one because it's the only way of coping with the horror of it. Yeah. That was in Bushwhacked. So, yeah. So, there's, there's definitely... Definitely some plausibilities with those ideas. I don't know who owns the rights currently to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang characters. I'm sure the estate of Ian Fleming or whatever still has them. Uh, I think that's probably enough thrown into the pot. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But uh, yeah, you know, those are some ideas. I'm not sure if they're good ideas, but they're ideas. Yeah, I think maybe the idea before the last couple ideas was probably... Yeah, that's obviously that's the one you should go with. You would we, we tend to save the ridiculous for the end. But uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good baseline to go with for the James Bond series, a good direction to point it in. So that may be uh, an episode for now. What do you say? Yeah, it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have an IP that you think that we should cover, by all means, please send us an email at ipconsultantspodcast at gmail.com or if you just have something to say about something we've said on the show, something we may have gotten wrong that you'd like us to revisit with this new information that you've provided to us, you can email it to us or you can send us a tweet at ipconsultpod or on Facebook at facebook.com slash ipconsultpod. You can also find the podcast on ipconsultants.podbean.com You can get your RSS feed right there. It's coming to iTunes. It's been sitting there for a while waiting for it. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it'll actually be on iTunes. And of course, we're on YouTube as well. Once again, we have been the IP Consultants. My name is Bond, Ian Bond. And my name is Vincent. And we'll catch you next time. Have a tasteful tuna. Dun dun!